This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I feel disrespected. Before we get back to the phone calls, we'll, we'll talk some Yankees, get into the basketball as well. Uh, my guy, Boy Green out of Syracuse, New York, going to hop on. He covers the Jets. So we'll talk some uh, some NFL, look at expectations. It was a ridiculous take that, that went around last week. Is Aaron Rodgers having too much fun in New York? I don't want to talk about how silly it is. So we'll do that all coming up. Felt disrespected driving in. Julian, maybe you'll appreciate this. So it, it took me 30 minutes to get to the station. 30 minutes. And, and typically, that's something I should be happy about. Had my morning all set up. I hung out with the kids. I participated in a little softball experience this afternoon, a little Father's Day gathering, play softball, which, by the way, nice little preparation. Don's got his Sasso softball game at the end of July, so if I'm able to attend, I feel pretty good about what I'm able to do out there or what I will be able to do out there. Played some nice defense, hit the ball pretty well. I wasn't out there looking like Ray Santiago, so I, I think there is a chance that if I'm able to make it to the, to the softball game and I can play, I could be the best player on the field. But anyway, driving into the station, 30 minutes, I should be happy about it, should be elated, until it dawned on me that Mother's Day weekend, there is no chance I'm getting here in 30 minutes. No chance. I mean, traffic, city shut down. For me to be able to get here, and that, that amount of time, restaurants are taking walk-ins. There's this funny thing going around on social media where it's like, Mother's Day, you got to make reservations months in advance. Father's Day, you don't got to make a reservation. You can walk up on in there. Ain't, ain't nobody got plans. So I feel disrespected. All the fathers out there, I want to show y'all some love. Happy Father's Day weekend to you all. For everyone out there celebrating, enjoying, whether you're driving or you're listening to the show, appreciate you tuning in. Happy Father's Day. Julian, should I feel disrespected as a dad that it only took me 30 minutes to get into the station because it means there's nothing really happening outside on uh, in the streets? There's definitely a, like, disconnect between the two holidays. We taking L's. I was listening to Gordon Daver, and he gave, like, the rankings, and and apparently Mother's Day is, like, the second most popular holiday in the U.S., Father's Day closer to the 18th, 19th in the country. <laughs> yeah, he was quoting some comedian about that. But Yo, it's, it's it's wild, disrespectful, it man. Is Come wild. on. What, what, how do we get so low on the totem pole? I have no idea, but it, it's really true. Like, Mother's Day, it's like, gotta get a gift. Father's Day, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll find something <laughs> for him. I'll find something if I get to it. Man, man. But again, happy Father's Day to all of you out there. I'm showing you love today. If no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone calls. We had to the car to talk to Adonis. Adonis, are you Drake's son? Yes, sir. Are you the son no. of, of Aubrey Graham? No? No. Oh, no, okay. I wish. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be pretty nice, right, being the son of an all-time yeah, great. Of course. <laughs> All right, man, let me just tell you right now, you are the man. I love the music. You're the guy. Appreciate you, bro. Um, let me get to my point. Um, to me, I'm going to tell you my point, and then I want you to know if you agree or not. I'm going to get off the phone and let you answer, and then you tell me what you think. To me, to me, I'm a diehard Giant fan, diehard Yankee fan. Keep in mind, I got family in Houston who I walk the same every time I go there every year. Next, the number one reason 
why the Yankees have not won since 2009, in my opinion, is starting pitching. Not bullpen pitching, starting pitching. I'm going to let you go. You have a good day, and you let me know what you think. Well, listen, I think I appreciate the call. What what really had bedeviled the Yankees, what had plagued them for a long time, was not having an ace. Not having that number one guy you just felt great about in every single playoff series. You had it with CC. And then regular season, Masahiro Tanaka wasn't that, but playoff Tanaka was a different animal. But there just wasn't enough pitching depth outside of him for you to supplement it and really give yourself a chance to go on a run. Obviously, since then, they brought in Garrett Cole, who in his first playoff start was just horrendous in Fenway Park. But last year was pretty damn good and carried them in that Cleveland series. I'll disagree with you, though. Because it actually, at least of late, hasn't been the rotation. It hasn't been starting pitching. Would you love to have upgraded? Sure. It's why, which is why they went out there and got Carlos Rodon. Which is why we were so we were so intrigued at the thought of a healthy Luis Severino, especially in a contract year, because we know when he's at his best, he can be one of the best pitchers in baseball. But he's always hurt, and this year when he's healthy, he's just been a mess. But it hasn't really been the starting pitching. It's been the offense. The Yankees can year after year lead baseball in home runs, and then there's this power outage as soon as they get to the playoffs. We've seen Stanton go on you know, runs, and he's had to carry them. But up and down the lineup, they just haven't had that consistency that you've seen in the regular season. It's a, it's a tale of two tapes. They're one team throughout the regular season, and, and they get to the playoffs. It's a completely deflated animal. So I would disagree with you there. I would say it's really been the offense that has betrayed them in the playoffs. The rotation could could be better, which is why they, they went out there and upgraded. Now he's hurt and hasn't pitched yet this year. But I would blame it more on the offense. That's what I would say about the Yankees and, and what's troubled them in the postseason. They they could not hit in that 2017 Astros series at all once they went to Houston. Now, we know they were cheating, but that's that's what happened in, in, in 2017. In 2018, were they losing four games in the division series to the Red Sox? Again, couldn't score enough. And the Red Sox were, quote-unquote, the better team. 2019, losing on a walk-off to Altuve. 2020, losing in Game 5. Uh, in, in the bubble to the Rays, 2021, Cole got shelved in that wild card game in Fenway Park. And then last year, they had suspect managing by Aaron Boone, who I thought was brilliant during the regular season. He just did not have a good playoff series against the Astros. And, I mean, the Yankees will look at injuries to Benintendi and the, 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 the LeMahieu injury that really put a damper on his offense in the second half of the season. They'll, they'll tell you all about injuries, but they just uh, they just haven't been able to to reach that level to where you know Houston can get to to where Boston when they were good could get to to where the Rays could get to when they play them. And I think it's been more about the offense than it hasn't been about the pitching. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll continue to take your phone calls. 
And coming up, I keep teasing it, but we will talk about the Knicks as well. Ty Butler going until 10 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's lock these Yankee phone calls out before we get to basketball. We go to Harlem, talk to Lonnie. What up, Lonnie? What's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What up? What's going on? Shout out to the company. As my man Rich said earlier, stop being a spoiled brat. (laughs) But uh, listen, I told him to talk about the Yankees, of course. Um, My main thing. As everybody has been saying, Allen's been saying it, we as Yankee fans don't never get to see what this team can fully be from the beginning of the season, basically all the way through to the playoffs. So when you said earlier, you know, you should come into the the season as a Yankee fan with the expectations for them to make it to the World Series and stuff like that. To be honest with you, as a Yankee fan, I don't come into the, the season with those expectations. I just come into the season with the expectations or the hope that they actually make it to the last dance and win. That's not me having the expectation. It's just me having the hope. Because like I just said, for the last couple of years, basically since like 2018, we haven't had a full roster in front of us throughout the whole season, which can that happens to any team. It can happen to any team, but it seems like it always happens yeah. to the Yankees. Always. Like, we can't have one month without one injury, and then we'll get through the next month, that person will come back, and then next thing you know, the next person is going down. Like Harrison Bader, for for, uh, for instance. We got him. He came in a walking boot. Now he's <laughs> injured again. with the, No, seriously. He came through in a walking yeah, boot. Yeah, no, I remember. Now he's injured again with the same hamstring. Like, And I like Harrison Bader. I think he's a, an excellent center fielder. He got hot during the playoffs. If it wasn't for him, who knows if we would have even looked as decent as we did uh, if not for him. I mean, and then, like, you know, we got John Carlo who can't run the bases without pulling something or playing left field when we need him to. And then now Rizzo hasn't really been the same since the whole Tatis thing. And then, like I just said, like, it's like we always constantly have to deal with injuries. Like I said, any team can deal with this. But it just seems like the Yankees constantly, every year from the beginning to the end, always deal with this. And I don't know if he was listening to the phone call I shared with Julian when I first called in because I had low service and I called back. But, like, you literally said what I, what I said to him. Cashman's going to say that towards the back end of the season if we don't finish with the main goal that's yeah. always the main goal at hand. It's going to be oh, injuries. Oh, you wasn't here. Yeah. If we had been the 10 here. Nobody wants to hear that every year, Brian. Feel me? Like, we want to, like, give us something better than that. Listen, we I agree finish. with you. We didn't finish the job. I Feel me? Like, nobody wants to keep hearing about injuries all the time, but that's honestly what it is, but... He picks from the injury list anyway when it's the trade the trade deadline and free agency anyway. So what do we expect? I've done what I came to do, Ty. You run a great program. Oh, also, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Once again, shout out to the company. Yo, appreciate you, bro. Listen, I, the problem with the whole injury as an excuse thing for Cashman is tell me the guy who got hurt that shocked you. Severino was hurt. Well, he's always hurt. Giancarlo Stanton got hurt. He's always hurt. Carlos Verdon got hurt. Up until last year, he had a rich injury history. Josh Donaldson got hurt. Well, he's old. Of course he's hurt. Harrison Bader got hurt. As Lonnie just alluded to, got here and a walking boot was hurt. Was phenomenal in the playoffs. Started the season on the IL. Came back. Was great. Now he's back on the IL. He's developing 
and injury history. So who's the guy you look at and you say, yeah, I'm shocked that he got hurt. You don't look at any of these guys and say that because they're either hurt when you acquire them, they, they're, they've customarily been hurt when they were here, or prior to you trading for them, they got hurt. Frankie Montas, shoulder injury, big shocker. Well, his shoulder was bad when you acquired him. And that's the issue. That's the issue. You have a track record for acquiring guys who can't last a season. And I get so sick and tired. And I love Stanton. I was a guy who was a, a huge proponent of the trade when it happened because you're adding a former league MVP. He's a power threat. I thought he complimented Judge really well. And it 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 was a much-needed infusion of offense into a lineup that desperately needed it especially in the postseason when their bats kind of went quiet. But I get so annoyed watching him jog to first base because I look at someone who should be in tip-top shape. He looks the part, but he simply can't run 90 feet hard without pulling a hamstring, without tweaking a groin. Like, to me, that's just... I don't want to call it pathetic because that 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 feels uh, aggressive and, and wrong. And he, it's not like he wants to get hurt, but something is wrong with that. The fact that this one of one of the physically gifted players in the sport, one of the most physically gifted players in the sport, and he he can't run hard because he gets hurt. Far too often, it's not some old. And this isn't like well, Stanton's at an advanced stage, so of course he's hurt. No, the Yankees got him what five years ago? He was what twenty eight, twenty nine when they got him, and this has always been the case with Stanton. Can't play the field because he's always hurt. It's annoying. Let's go to Dave in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, how you doing? Since you started with the hurt thing, I'll I'll cover that in the end. But I was about to say that the, the Yankees they just they don't really have any clutch players on the team. I'm agreeing with you. With the, with it's a little more of the hitting than the pitching. You need the pitching to win. You can't win. But you could say before the season starts, I don't care if Judge plays every game. I don't care if he plays not the rest of the season. The Yankees will make the playoffs as a wild card, and they'll be eliminated again. That's why I don't get so upset uh, anymore. Because I, I will say, um, Judge can hit 90 home runs. He went one for 17 against Houston. He was booed. Yeah. Okay? You got to be kidding me. All these guys, I'm very, very upset. The only thing I get upset about is Cashman because this is all his doing. These are the players he's getting, the guys that are getting hurt. Well, he, he, he can't take any credit for, for Bernie and, and, uh, and the core four. Those guys are being coached. They're being groomed down in, in the minor leagues. He did nothing to get those players. Zero. He got CC and he got LeMayu. Okay, I give him that. But this guy, he's gonna, he's got a job for life. He shouldn't have a job for life. Yeah, that's that. That's, that's the part Ryan, that Brad Stevens, that's that's Popovich. Those are guys like that. Yeah. The only injuries you're talking about, it's like the Knicks. I wouldn't even take Zion Williamson. I don't want the guy. I don't care what you give him for free. I don't want him. And I'm a big Knicks fan, but I'm not going to use basketballs <laughs> for some for the other people. But I'm just telling you, Yankees. If I told you everybody's healthy, you you think they're gonna win the World Series? Honestly, really, you think that they're the top team? No, I, no, I don't think that. I, I've made that mistake. I said last year I wanted the Astros, got the Astros, and then got swept. So I, I have not given up on them because I still believe that if everyone is healthy, they can win. They can put it together. But what I call them the favorites, what I pick them to win the World Series, 
absolutely right, not exactly. because I have there's exactly. too much there's too much recent history <laughs> that suggests that this team in big spots in the playoffs can't beat that Astros team and they can't beat whoever the best team is that year. That's right. I mean, even if they were to get there, not beating Atlanta. I mean, I just I'm not going to go on with it anymore. You got you got my point. I don't like Cashman, and the main reason I don't like him is because a certain player, one of the best five players in the history of the Yankees, asked him specifically keep this private. Mm, our our negotiations. Yep. He comes out and he comes out and he says, "Well, you can go." Look around for any team you want. We'll take Troy to Lewis. Troy to Lewis. I remember he, that. He made it public <laughs> when he was asked by the best player we've had in 10,000 years. Nobody's better than him in, in Major League Baseball. He wasn't the face of the Yankees. He was the face of Major League Baseball. He comes out and says this publicly. He's lucky the old man's not around. This guy'd be gone. And he's got a job forever. It's unbelievable how he got into what's his name's mind, uh, Hal's mind. I, I don't understand what's going on, but thank yeah. you. Happy Father's Day. Have a great day. Thanks for letting me talk so long. And you can <laughs> have a great show, okay, Ty? Same to you, man. Appreciate the phone call. That, that to me, is what rubs people and, like myself, the wrong way. This notion that he has a job for life. What, what is the worst thing that has to happen to this team? in order for there to be a conversation about whether or not he should could keep this job. The Yankees missed the playoffs this year. I don't think he's getting fired. You think how, after what he watched in that Houston series, who then gave him an extension, is going to fire him at the end of this year, even if the Yankees missed the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. So what has to happen? And, I, and this isn't... Well, I hate Brian Cashman. I, I don't I don't hate Brian Cashman. I think he is a really good GM. But that can be true also along with the fact that he may no longer be the GM for this job. 14 years of evidence that that may be the case. Coming up, it's the same old song with Nick's free agency. Crazy takes out there that I don't quite understand, so we'll try to figure it out together. That right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. One of my favorite, like, what-ifs is you get you get 10 half-court shots. 10 half-court shots. You hit one, you win $500 million. $500 million. More money than you can even dream about spending in a lifetime. You miss all 10, you go to prison for three years. You taking it? You taking a chance? That's a kind of a tough one because I don't have that much confidence in myself. There. You don't think you can hit one half-court shot? I'll say this. Once you get to, like, seven missed, you're done. Because then you're now you're starting to think three, 36 once you months. Seven, you seal your fate, and you're yeah. like, eh. Well, once you get to seven, I don't think there's any chance you're hitting eight, nine, or ten. Right. So you got to hit them in the first seven. Because now your palms are sweaty, you're shaking. There's vomit on your sweater already, mom's spaghetti. So I think you got to nail one in the first seven. But are you doing it? $500 million? It's a tough choice, to be honest. Where are you going, though? I think I might have to say no. No? You're turning down $500 million? Have you? Do you have any basketball playing experience at any level? Not really, so that's probably why. Not even like high school, junior high school, elementary Very school. Very little. So, what sport are you, would you say you're the best at? Well, the sport I play the most is golf. 
golf. The main sport I play. And even then, I'm... Trash. Not trash. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of what the... But the appropriate analogy for golf would be in this instance. Because hole-in-one is just impossible. Yeah. Perhaps, like, if you get a 10 shots, just think like a 50-foot putt. Ooh. 10 shots. Because that... 10 shots to sink a 50-foot putt. You miss all 10. You go to prison for three years. You hit one. You're living on $500 million. You taking it? I would take that one over the basketball. That seems a little easier to me. How about 60-foot putt? There's kind of an edge. We're getting there, but <laughs> might be able to take it. 65. Still kind of close on that edge. Sorry, so where do we go to where it's no longer on the table for you? Probably anything over 70. All I right. think. Like last week, they hit like a 72-foot put, put to win. I think that's like in, like incredibly hard shot. You're not going to sleep, though, knowing you turn, you turn down $500 million. I think I can hit a half-court shot. You give me 10 tries, but... I, at least I'll be sleeping in my own bed. So. <laughs> I know you're not. You're not. You don't got a cellmate. You're not waking up to you know to somebody else screaming at you, or you you ain't getting sent to bed uh, with with the the whole lights out, lights out, lights out being screamed at you. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. All right. So I came across this uh, in the New York Post. Mike Vaccaro did an excellent job previewing what should be a fascinating off season for the Knicks. A lot of decisions to make. Uh, but the one line that I took away from this was, and I'll, I'll quote it from the piece, he said, if there is one takeaway from the 2022-2023 season, it ought to be this. As is, the Knicks are good enough to run it back and settle into a comfortable spot in the Eastern Conference middle class. My biggest takeaway was that, because slowly but surely, you are starting to hear the chatter get louder and louder based on what is being floated out there about potential moves the Knicks could make, that being met with reluctance and resistance, you're hearing the chatter, you know what, maybe we should run it back. And my answer to that is no shot you should run this team back. It was very fun. It was exciting. It was thrilling. Coming off a year that was so disappointing, you didn't make the playoffs when you get 10 teams to, to at least get to the postseason, you weren't one of the 10. So to have the type of year where you're the five seed and you go up against the four seed and you beat said four seed in five games, a, 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 a player you were going up against was one that you felt you should have traded for and it was hung over your head the entirety of the season and you made him look pretty pedestrian because your defense was outstanding. Jalen Brunson was a dog rebounding with Mitchell Robinson and, and all the others was phenomenal. You beat that team in five games. You get to the second round against a tough Miami Heat team that you then learned was the best in the conference because they went to the finals. You took them to six games. And by the way, almost one game six at the end because of a, uh, of a Gabe Vincent flagrant foul had an opportunity to take the lead. Who knows what happens in game seven? So with all of that in the rearview mirror, you can flirt or talk yourself into the idea of simply running it back because Jalen Brunson, year older, he's now got the respect that he can be 
I don't know, maybe the second best player on a championship team. Randall comes back. You, yeah, most of Nick Universe and Nick Nation wants to trade him. But he comes back. Maybe he's better. R.J. Barrett a year older. Emmanuel quickly a year older. Obi Toppin gets more minutes. Mitchell Robinson stays healthy. You can really flirt with this idea of we run it back. I think we'll be better. And also, you look around the Eastern Conference, what's happening in Boston? Is Jalen Brown going to be traded? Milwaukee's got Milwaukee's got some big decisions to make as Chris Middleton enters the final year of his contract. He's got a player option. He Maybe he wants a long-term deal. Brooke Lopez is an unrestricted free agent. And with the you know salary cap ramifications of this new deal, the teams can't be the big spenders that they were in the past. So you see a lot going on in the Eastern Conference you're thinking, hmm, I don't know. Maybe we should just run it back. No, you shouldn't. That should be the last thing you do. You have to upgrade and, and do so in a pretty significant way. Because if the goal really is to contend for championships, we know what the blueprint is, for better or for worse. You look at all the NBA champions. Most of them had an all-time great player or two on the team en route to winning a championship. We don't even have to go back that far. Nikola Jokic is already one of the 30 greatest players in NBA history. He had an historic run. The Nuggets won a championship. Last year, Steph Curry, one of the 15 greatest players. Some people would argue 10. I would think that they're a little too generous with that, but let's just call it one of the 15 greatest players in NBA history. Warriors win a championship. Year before that, Giannis, all-time great player. Bucks win a championship. Lakers, they employed the greatest player in NBA history. They won a championship in 2020. 2019 is weird. Kawhi is because of the regular season resume and he doesn't play enough. He's got a weird career where he's not an all-time great. But as far as all-time great playoff performers when he plays, that's Kawhi Leonard. And then we know the dynasty of the Warriors, uh, you know, the big three in Miami. So you can just go back far. I guess 04 with the Pistons is the outlier. Because they won despite not having an all-time great player. So that would be where you have to go. Uh, The Sonics in in 79. uh, Are are we looking at an all-time great player on that team? Dennis Johnson. So so it's, it's very rare that you find a team without an all-time great player that wins a championship. So if you're the Knicks and that's the goal, that's what you're trying to to progress toward, you have to go out there and get that guy. And maybe that guy right now isn't available, but you know, if you want to give yourself a chance, give yourself an opportunity to go on a deep run, you have to upgrade what you have on this roster. So the name's thrown it out there. Bradley Beal. Looks like I saw the Suns in Miami are the two finalists for the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. So maybe this is rendered moot, but I I thought that this was a guy I would be interested in. Just simply because we know the one thing that he is great at is scoring, and the Knicks can definitely use another scorer alongside Jalen Brunson. Then I heard that in a trade for Bradley Beal, might be able to keep Julius Randle, who I continue to be a fan of, and I know... He's not the perfect basketball player. Nowhere close to it. Bad body language. Uh, Now, multiple times we've seen him fail in the playoffs. But I know 
outside of last year, he's going to play every game, and he's going to give you 25, 10, and 5. So that's a guy who I am looking to keep on my team, not trade him away. But Bradley Beal, three-time All-Star, 37% from three. My question about him is his injury history because we've seen that he hasn't played more than 60 games in a season since 2018, 2019. That's prior to COVID. COVID itself feels like an entire lifetime. So we got to go back two years before COVID came to find the last time Bradley Beal played more than 60 games in a season. And he's got a big contract. Just finished the first year of a five-year, $251 million contract. That does not sound like one that Bradley Beal should have gotten, but it was it had to be done if you're the, if you're the Wizards and you wanted to keep him. You want to keep him, don't want to lose him for nothing. You sign him to the big contract, and then you do what you're doing now. You float him around on the trade market. He's projected to make just under forty-seven million dollars on the upcoming season. That that number goes to fifty million the year after that, then fifty-three million. Then he's got a player option for the 2026-2027 season for $57.1 million, which is, I mean, just bananas. Don't love the contract. Don't love the injury history. But his ability to be a world-class scorer is something that intrigued me. But again, it's not the perfect fit just because I don't, uh, along with the injuries and the contract, I don't know that in a winning atmosphere he can thrive because we, we, we've just never seen it. And there is an element of a guy can put up great numbers on a bad team, but once you get into a situation where there are legitimate expectations, especially in this city that is starving for a championship, that can work against you. But if the the package for Beal would have been something like RJ and Fournier, who's on an expiring deal, and and some some picks, the Knicks have eight first-rounders, Emmanuel Quickly or Obi Toppin, it's one that I would have entertained. But news came out earlier from Sham Sharania that, that the Suns and Miami, uh, the Heat, are the two teams that are, are going to be the bidders for the services of Bradley Beal. So Beal going to Phoenix with Booker and Durant, I mean, that is firepower right there. We saw Booker in this playoff run pretty much cemented himself as one of the 10 best players in the league. Durant, we know that he is, when he's healthy, one of the best players in basketball. For Bradley Beal to go there to join that group, they become one of the favorites in the Western Conference. And then Miami, they just didn't have enough scoring. Love their defense, love their pedigree, love their coach. But outside of Jimmy and Bam, they just couldn't get consistent scoring. So Beal would... would, would solidify them as one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference pending what happens with the, with Milwaukee, who they just beat, and Boston, who they just beat. Zion's another interesting name because he's another guy that's got a rich injury history. You look at his four seasons, he's played 24 games, 61 games, missed a season, then played 29 games last year. But unlike Beal, he has superstar potential. Zion, when he plays is awesome. And last year, the Pelicans were the two seed when he was healthy. Problem is, once he got hurt, stayed hurt, didn't return to the floor, and now we see he's out here knocking up strippers. So if we can keep his hormones in check and keep him on the floor, he's 26-7-4 and and a two-time All-Star. 
Huge bust potential. But only 23 years old. And I don't love that the alternative to him being injury uh, injury prone is him utilizing that just to get himself out of New Orleans. I don't love that. That's not him being a great teammate. That's not him being a professional, eating your way out of town. That's not something I love, but again, superstar potential. You get seduced by that. And he's got that at his disposal. He can be one of the best players in the league. He should be one of the best players in in the league and should be one of the faces of the NBA. But he just hasn't been able to stay on the court. Dame is like, a, you know, every year he's flirt, he's floated around as a potential target. Do you love the fit of Brunson and Dame? Feels a little bit redundant, especially with Dame at an advanced age. He's going to be 33 next month. But he's a guy that you watch and you feel like, man, he should have won more. He's, he's made it to one conference finals. And it, it was a year he got swept by the Warriors. He desperately needs to win a title. The, the, the Knicks desperately need to win a title. So uh, it sounds like it could be a match made in heaven. But uh, him, and, him and Brunson as your backcourt, not something that I love because of, you know, that they're short. You might get exposed on defense. And then Zach Levine comes up. He's 28 years old. My concern with him is, can the knees hold up? We, we've seen him tear his ACL, had left knee surgery last offseason that, that really stymied the start of, of his season to the point where he struggled out the gate. And he was one of the best players on, on a Bulls team that didn't even make it out of the play-in. So, look, all, all the names I just gave you, high risk, potentially high reward. So rank them for me. Bradley Beal, Zion Williamson, Dame Lillard, Zach Levine. Any interest in those guys? And if so, how would you power rank those? 800-919-3776. Taking your phone calls. Ty Butler going until 10 o'clock tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. EPH on Rothenberger. Show you can hear every morning. 6 to 10 a.m. right on these airwaves. They were taking shots at me the other day because of a tweet I put out that I thought was actually a pretty good one. Is that Right after the Mets had that walk-off against the Yankees, I tweeted out, at Ty D. Butler, big win for the Mets. They improved to 32-36 and 36 with a negative 23 run differential. I think they've turned a corner. And they were all mad because, you know, they get all sensitive about everything. But, you know, the, the Mets especially... And for some reason, that that turned into me being insecure about the Yankees. I'm not insecure about the Yankees. I know what the Yankees are. Was I annoyed by the fact that they lost? Absolutely. But I'm not insecure about them. And then he also took it a step further and said, you know, I'm insecure because I take a tripod to the gym and record myself doing workouts and post it on social media. I mean, how foolish could you be? A person who's insecure, you know what they're not doing? Posting their body on social media. So the jokes can come. At, at, just let it make sense. He's insecure. He takes a tripod to the gym and posts himself. Got to be better than that, Rick. I taught you better than that, boy. Little boy. Let's go to Westchester. We talked to Johnny. What's up, Johnny? 
Hey, Ty, thanks for taking my call. So I just want to talk about the Knicks and how I feel like, I mean, if they can get, if there's any way they can get Damian Lillard, you get him. I don't care if, it, if the pairing is not good defensively with Brunson or this or that. This guy just averaged 32 points a game. He's somehow getting better. He is a guy you absolutely go for. If you can't get him, I'd even go for a Levine. The Knicks need to get stars here. That's the only way you win in this league. You're not winning with R.J. Barrett and Randall and Grimes and all these nice little players. It's not going to happen. So if you could turn some of those players and picks into stars with Jalen Brunson, who's an unbelievable player, you do it. And um, But another thing they have to do is move on from Thibodeau because I don't think they're going to win with him either. But you know, that's what they have to do. Get some stars in here. And, and I would try to pry Austin Reeves from the Lakers. I think he's a future star. Unbelievable what he did for them this year. And I'd give him, I'd overpay him a little. And I'm telling you, in three years, it'll look like an underpay. Same as Jalen Brunson. He's that good. Well, I appreciate the call, Johnny. A couple of things I disagree with is uh, Tom Thibodeau. I don't think that's someone you need to fire. Uh, we'll hear from Stephen A., who had an interesting take on Tyler and Tom Thibodeau. I don't think you need to fire him. If someone com- comes along that you think, is better suited to get the Knicks to that next level, then sure, I don't think he's someone you got to get rid of now. As far as Austin Reeves is, the Lakers aren't letting him go. We saw what he did at you know the, the second half of the season and into the playoffs. He was spectacular for them, and they would not have gotten as far as they did to the Western Conference Finals if not for Austin Reeves. I don't think you're going to be able to pry him away from the Lakers, but I, I agree with everything else you said as far as the need to upgrade the talent. I think fans of teams overrate what they have and expect that because the player is young, it automatically means he's going to get better. I've never been one who was, you know, R.J. Barrett is a a couple of seasons away from being a perennial all-star. I think he is what he is. Now he was really good in the playoffs after initial struggles against Cleveland. He also had that that just downright awful performance in Game 6 against Miami. But R.J. Barrett is what he is. I don't think he's ever going to be anything special. So if you can get a star in exchange for him, I'm doing it. I'm simply doing that. Hour number three coming up. We'll continue with your phone calls right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.